omega-3 fatty acids decrease inflammation, fruits and vegetables decrease inflammation, flossing, and probiotics, getting your gut healthy. There's this huge connection between the brain and the gut. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. What I'm hearing you say, obesity is a big factor to mental health uh, stresses and brain stresses. Is and Alzheimer's disease. And Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean, they're all, it all sort of goes right. together from depression to um, problems in school to memory what, problems later in life. What's your thought? I mean, I'm all for people loving themselves where they're at, where they're at in their life and loving their bodies for where they're at and not shaming themselves and the self-love movement of accepting yourself for where you are. But... That's only going to hurt our brains if we're not actually saying, okay, I accept and love myself where I'm at and the decisions I've made to be here, but I've got to start working on these things. Otherwise, there's going to be some challenges emotionally, mentally, anxiety, depression if I don't work on it, right? My health. The don't worry, be happy people die the earliest from accidents and preventable illnesses. Mm. And I want people to love themselves. But doing the right thing is an act of love. Like if you're really unhealthy, walking is an act of love. And so, um, so it sort of catches me in this funny place. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was on a plane once and, um, and I'd figure out this connection between 
as your weight goes up, the size and function of your brain goes down. And I was sitting next to someone who was very overweight, and we were on a tiny plane going to Des Moines, Iowa for public television. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you want to talk to her about that? And then I, I talk to myself all the time. It's like, no, you don't want to say anything. Don't need to upset her day. And, um, but then I went to Pittsburgh and I went to GNC, you know, the supplement mm -hmm. company. And um, one of my core values is being authentic. Mm -hmm. So I live the message of my life. And the message of GNC is health. Yes. And their number three guy, their marketing director, took me to dinner, was morbidly obese. Really? And, and that thought in my head is, you should talk to him about this. And, and he made the comment, he opened the conversation. He's like, you know, I don't know why I'm overweight, but my numbers are okay. And I'm like, what Tom. numbers? <laughs> and I'm like, Tom, you don't want to be a dinosaur. Because I had figured out big body, little brain, you're going to become extinct. And we had this great conversation because my favorite verse in the New Testament is John 8.32. Know the truth mm. and the truth will set you free. I'm like, do you not want to be like the number two guy or the number one guy? Mm. You're not going to do that if your brain's not healthy. And that conversation the next year, he lost 80 pounds. Wow. Most people don't know that this is a <clears throat> serious health, mental health, brain health risk. And I just want to tell people the truth and I want them to get healthy and People go, but I don't like any of, one of my NFL players, but I don't like any of the foods that are <laughs> healthy for me. And I'm like, none, not one. And we did this great exercise. And it turned out he liked like 70 of the foods right, that right, were right, right. like, You only want to love food that loves you back. What are the five foods that we should have to help our brain the most? Salmon, wild salmon blueberries, yeah. uh, walnuts, uh, olive or avocado oil. Um, yeah, healthy protein, chocolate. Uh, I make this great brain healthy hot chocolate every really? night for my family. Really? What is I just it? look at the six of them that live at home. I'm like, okay, who's up for it tonight? So Costco of all places, organic vanilla unsweetened almond milk. Raw cacao, it's a superfood. Uh, so organic raw cacao. And a little bit of uh, sweet leaf is a company that makes flavored stevia. Mm. They make chocolate flavored stevia. And put it in the blender, heat it up. It's phenomenal. Mm. Good for me. I love it. And it loves me back. It loves you back. So salmon, <laughs> salmon, blueberries, walnuts, avocado, or avocado oil, raw chocolate are some of the top favorite foods for the brain. For the brain. Why are these foods? Is it high in uh, antioxidants? Is it proteins that they have? Is so it blueberry, it's the phytonutrients. They've actually done studies showing cognitive enhancement with blueberry juice, uh, Salmon, it's the omega-3 fatty acids and the complete protein. Avocados, it's the healthy fat. 
especially omega-3 fatty acids, mm -hmm. uh, same with walnuts. Your brain is fat. Low-fat diets are bad really? for your brain. People who go on low-fat diets actually have an increased incidence of depression. Really? Yeah. So Now, you don't want bad fats, uh, fried fats particularly. You want healthy fats, avocados, nuts and seeds, green leafy vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, olive oil, is that in there? Olive too? oil, yeah. avocado oil, yeah. damien nut oil. Yeah. So how much, how much food should the brain have? Is it, you know, it's your buddy, our buddy, uh, Dave Asprey, talks about fasting a lot. A lot of people are in this fasting craze. If we're not giving the brain food or nutrients for a day, three days, five days, does that help the brain? Does it reset the brain? Does it hurt the brain? So intermittent fasting, where you go 12 to 16 hours from dinner to breakfast or lunch, mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. um, they've actually found your, there's a term called autophagy, yes. where your brain begins to clean up some of the trash. So it works in the brain too, not just in the It works on in the, the brain really? as, as well. Now, I grew up Roman Catholic and long suffering was one of the <laughs> gifts. And I never got that one. I'm not a fan of long suffering. Yes. I'm not doing a marathon. It's like way too much stress for my brain. And I'm not fasting for three days. I can go 12 hours. I sure. mean, like, that's not a big deal. And it helps people lose weight. It helps them be healthy. And I come from a family of fat people. Mm -hmm. My dad used to hate when I would say that. But I have a brother who's 150 pounds overweight, despite me loving him, nudging him. And you just have to be thoughtful. Know your vulnerability in mm -hmm. bright minds. The G is genetics. Mm -hmm. So know what you're genetically vulnerable to. And, you know, I have to work on it. Right, right. How you mentioned you don't do marathons. Uh, if you're not traumatizing the brain through contact sports, but you're an endurance junkie, you love to run marathons, you run them every year, you do triathlons, you do ultra marathons, you're doing mountain climbing. Are these activities good for the brain to put some extreme stress on it, even if it's not physical contact to the brain? Or does it long-term hurt the brain? The scans I have of extreme athletes are not good. Really? Yeah. I think it's too much stress for the brain. I, I love HIIT training, high-intensity mm -hmm. training. That's been shown yeah. to increase mitochondria and cells. Uh, I'm not a fan of putting your body under a lot of stress. It's, it's just not good for it. Mm. Some stress is, is good. We call it eustress. A little bit, so your fibers grow. That's why weight training is important. The stronger you are as you age, the less likely you are to have Alzheimer's disease. Really? But uh, you want to love your brain. You want to make sure you're sleeping for your brain. That's the S in Bright Mind. So if someone's like, you know what? Okay, I hear what you're saying, but I really love to do a, a marathon or two a year. And a few times in my life, I want to do, you know, I want to climb Everest or something like that. I want to do something to challenge myself. And I go, is that like, gonna, awesome. Is that going to hurt the brain it's, long is that gonna, If you're doing everything else right. So one of my NFL players just signed an $80 million deal. Wow. So he's going to play. Yeah, he's, and, he's, so he's going like, to play. Uh, and, but if you're going to do something that is potentially damaging to the brain, 
make sure you're doing everything else right. Mm -hmm. So for example, being a firefighter is a brain damaging profession. Mm -hmm. We need to own that. Just mm -hmm. like we need to own playing football is a brain damaging right. profession. It's like, own it. Everybody knows it. Now, when I started my work in 2007, very few people know it. Now, everybody knows mm -hmm. it. Um, but they don't know that being a firefighter because there are heroes. Mm -hmm. Those are the people we need when we need them, and we need them healthy. Mm -hmm. But because of the toxins they breathe, because of the emotional trauma they see right. day in and day out, because of the head traumas they experience, they have a higher incidence of depression, a higher incidence of suicide, and a higher incidence of early death. We should not be okay with this. But it doesn't mean we're not gonna have firefighters. What it means is we should put their brain in a rehabilitative environment all the time. Mm -hmm. We should be teaching them about brain health, like with NFL players currently. We should be teaching them, look, if you're gonna do this, own it. It's a brain damaging sport, so let's just do everything else right. What are the other things right? that you talk about? Are there are a few main keys? Is it nutrition? Is it sleep? Is well, it if we think about bright minds. It's just such a good model. So blood flow, B is blood flow. Mm -hmm. So exercise and foods like beets that increase blood flow or supplements like ginkgo that increase blood flow. The R is retirement and aging. New learning is absolutely critical. Um, you know, your work and studying greatness, you're always learning always. something new which is great so what, for so the brain. Retirement plus aging, is that what you said? Retirement and aging. So continuing to learn in those stages. And always putting yourself in an anti-aging environment. So the food you eat, mm -hmm. the exercise, new learning, being passionate, never retiring, mm -hmm. right? I mean, maybe you go and do something else you like better because you have enough money, but never retirement. Because when you start, when you, when you start not doing things, your brain actually starts to disconnect itself. So when we, say people, someone retires at 60, 70, 75, and they say, you know, I'm just gonna sit on the beach for the next however long, enjoy my family time, enjoy the money I've had, and relax. What happens to those people if they don't have a, a purposeful mission in their life beyond relaxation? What happens? Or what their brain disconnects itself. Really? They have a higher incidence of dementia. Um, and my dad worked until he died when he was almost 91. And he's like, when my friends retire, they die. Really? And now, if you retire, because you really didn't love what you were doing right, anyways, right, right, right. and you go off and do something you love, right. maybe not golf, because you're around all those toxins on the green, <laughs> um, maybe not golf. But when if you're doing things you love and you're always learning, well, that's awesome. It's different, that's a yeah. really good thing. So you can retire from your job, don't retire from your life. Don't retire from your life. Stay connected in some meaningful pursuit. It's absolutely critical yeah. to stay keeping young. And then the eye is inflammation. Mm -hmm. This is the big bad actor. Because uh, inflammation in your body, which comes from eating processed foods, one of the surprising things comes from gum disease. If you're not a flosser, really? you need to floss. I'm a flossing Me too. fool. I did twice a day. And I wasn't that way I until I started reading the studies really? that people who have gum disease have a higher incidence of heart disease, but also a higher incidence of brain disease. They actually found um, 
gum bacteria in higher in the brains of people with Alzheimer's disease. Um, wow. And so omega-3 fatty acids decrease inflammation, fruits and vegetables decrease inflammation, flossing, and probiotics, getting your gut healthy. There's this huge connection between the brain and the gut because inflammation often comes from having an unhealthy gut, either from infections or the lousy food that you're eating. And the G is genetics. You need to know your vulnerability, but genes aren't a death sentence. What they should be is a wake-up call uh, to know what you're vulnerable to. My, uh, I have heart disease and obesity in my family. I don't have heart disease and I'm not obese. Why? Because I'm always on a prevention mm. program. Mm -hmm. You just wanna be serious as soon as you know what your risks right. are. Okay. H is head trauma, which we talked about. Brain is soft, skull is hard. There are three million new head injuries every year in the United States. This is a big deal. Wait, three million new head injuries? Is that, Every year. Is that from car accidents or falls, sports, falls, everything? Everything. Wow. You know, being hit. Domestic and, violence, whatever it might be, anything. Gunshot, whatever. Whatever. Three million. Three million. Which means most people live over the last... 30 years, that's 90 million people in the United States who oh struggle gosh. with the effects of traumatic brain injury. Very high in prison populations, very high in people who struggle with psychiatric diseases. And then T is toxins. And so you go, well, what can I do to support my brain? Well, one, avoid them. Alcohol right. is not a health food. Um, my <laughs> biggest blog last year was titled, I Told You So. And when I dated my wife, Tana, and I think you met my yeah. wife, she's awesome. And when we were dating, she said- Your current wife. My current Not wife. the 20 year. Not the okay. 20 year. The, she said, I'll never tell you I told you so. She lied. She just <laughs> flat out lied to me. It's like her favorite thing to say. Uh. And, um, but I've been telling people ever since I started imaging, alcohol's not a health food. And our first clinic was right next to the Napa Valley, so it was not a popular thing to say. Mm. And, but it's just what I saw. And then there's a study from Johns Hopkins that say people who drink every day have smaller brains. Wow. And then last year, the American Cancer Society came out oh. and said any alcohol is associated with an increased risk oh. in cancer seven different cancers. Oh, any and alcohol. Any alcohol. Man, that and so my Every blog. wine drinker is saying, no, you're wrong. No, I'm not listening to this <laughs> right. right now. What about a glass once or twice a week? What about the nutrients from the well, grapes? Well, again, All if you're going to do something that's bad for your brain, you should be doing other things yeah. that are good for mm. your brain. Right? It doesn't mean you can never have a drink, but just know it's not a healthy, healthful yeah. thing to do, so you wanna do the other things. Yeah, like when I eat a, a bowl of ice cream and pizza, I know it's not helping my brain. Right, and if you do it once a month, it's like not the biggest deal exactly. in, in the world. But then, cause here we're talking about tea for toxins, you want to support the four organs of detoxification. Mm -hmm. So your kidneys drink more water, your gut eat more fiber, um, in my shake every morning, I put fiber in it. In your, for your liver, kill the alcohol, 
and eat detoxifying vegetables. They're called brassicas, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, kale, and take infrared saunas. People really? who take the most saunas have the lowest incidence Come of on. Alzheimer's disease. Really? Because it detoxifies you. And it's also, there's actually a study in the Journal of the American Medical Association, people with major depression took one infrared sauna, their mood was better. Well, how cool is that? I mean, that's like simple. There's no side effects mostly to taking a 25-minute sauna. So is it infrared or any type of sauna? Well, it's, it's probably any type of sauna, right, right, right. but the study was on infrared. Infrared, gotcha. Saunas. But anything that's releasing the toxins, any heat exposure, and not too sweat. much. Yeah, sweat. Sweating it's with exercise out. or saunas is detoxifying for you. Yeah. And this isn't hard, right? Like not one thing I've said right. so far is hard. The M in Bright Minds is mental health. This is where you learn to kill the ants and tame the dragons. So ANT stands for automatic negative thoughts, the thoughts that come into your mind automatically and ruin your day. And the exercise is super simple. Whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And then just ask yourself if it's true. You don't have to believe every stupid thing. I, I was working with a therapist recently that said just because someone tells you uh, something about yourself doesn't mean, and they're trying to give you this thing, doesn't mean you need to receive that gift. It's not a gift you need to receive. They're offering you a gift that's a bad gift, doesn't mean you need to take it. You can just say, okay, I don't need that gift right now. I don't need to let that thought sink in and believe this. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. 
And I think, I'll speak for myself, growing up, anytime I heard someone say, you suck, you're dumb, you're an idiot, you're not enough, you'll never amount to whatever, I learned to believe those things. And I think a lot of us probably learn to believe whatever we hear from anyone, whether it was a, a side comment or a direct comment. And how have you learned over the years to really defend against those ants? Like besides, someone might say, okay, I tried writing it down that this is not true and analyzing this, but what's a, what, how can we really show up for ourselves so our thoughts don't consume us in a negative way? So you know that if you're overweight on Monday and you have a salad, you are not going to be trim on Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you right. need to develop practices. Yes. Right? That getting well physically mm -hmm. is a discipline that occurs over and over over time. Mm. Right? To be mentally well, you need to develop practices that you do like eating well over and over and over. So for example, I start every day with today is going to be a great day. Mm. Soon as my feet hit the floor in the morning, and today was easier because I spent last night in Santa Monica and walked around the beach this morning, <laughs> and I get to hang out with you, today is going to be a great day. That way, my unconscious mind finds why it's going to be a yes. great day. And then your brain is always listening. I talk about taming the hopeless and helpless dragon, the dragon from the past that feeds depression. Mm. And it's something I do called positivity bias training. Uh, I want to get my brain looking for what's right because it automatically Looks goes for, for what's wrong. Yeah. And so I start every day with today is going to be a, a great day. And then if I have a hard time, if I feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, I write down what I, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And then I just go, is it true? And there's a whole bigger method in the book. Um, and often I'll go to, what's the opposite of that thought? No one loves me or no one respects me or you're a failure. And so quickly my brain, if I go, my wife never listens to me, I've had that thought. Um, I'll go, well, I never listened to my wife. And I'll be like, oh, that can be true. <laughs> or she does listen to me and then I find the times that she, it's just I don't yeah. believe what goes on in my head. And then when I go to bed at night, and this is so powerful, I say a prayer and then I go, what went well today? And I put myself to sleep by reviewing the positive things that happened yeah. that day. And I find the little micro moments, whether it's that sip of hot chocolate that I made that I'm proud of myself for, or some cool text or interaction. How does food affect our brain? Well, I wrote a book about 13 years ago called The Ultra Mind Solution about how the body affects the mind. We often know about the mind-body effect, which is real, but there's also the other direction going on. And it turns out that food is probably the biggest driver of dysfunction in the brain when it comes to mood, behavior, attention, memory. And, and this is not just sort of hypothetical, but there's a whole department, for example, at uh, Harvard of nutritional psychiatry. There's a whole hmm. department at Stanford of metabolic psychiatry. I've had both of them on my podcast, the doctor's pharmacy, the doctors from those institutions are talking about the role of food and, and the brain and the mood. And we see depression, anxiety, irritability, stress, 
it turns out that when you eat the American diet, or otherwise known as the SAD diet, the standard American <laughs> diet, that, that people uh, are damaging their brains in ways that create inflammation in the brain. And we now know that mental illness often is an inflamed brain. You know, when you hmm. cut yourself and you get an infection, it's red and hot and sore and inflamed. If you sprain your ankle, it's sore. If you get a sore throat, it's sore and red. When your brain is inflamed, it doesn't hurt. The only way your nose, brain knows how to say ouch is by getting depressed or anxious or angry or irritable or having even more serious consequences. And so the food that we're eating, predominantly this sugar and starch and processed ingredients, additives, the lack of good fats, the predominance of bad fats and refined oils, the nutrient depletion of our diet. I mean, 95% of us are deficient probably in omega-3 fats. Uh, you know, 90 plus percent of Americans are deficient in one or more nutrients at the minimum level to prevent deficiency, which mm. all play a role in mood like folate, magnesium is incredible for anxiety, iron, zinc, all these, vitamin D, all these play a role in the brain function. I mean, you hear about winter blues, you know, that's because of lack of vitamin D. So we know about this intimate connection between food and mood and uh, nutritional status and mood. And, and the clinical trials have been really staggering, showing that people who eat a whole foods diet and get rid of the junk actually can get rid of depression. Uh, I see panic attacks, anxiety disorders, often caused by the food we're eating. Just an example, when you eat sugar or starch, your cortisol level goes up, which is the stress hormone. Your adrenaline goes up. So if you eat a bagel or a cookie, your body literally has the same reaction as if you're running from a saber-toothed tiger. Wow. <laughs> and, and, that, and that can create anxiety. Internally create, with the insulin internally. spike. Internally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could be totally fine and calm and take five deep breaths before your meal. But if you eat all that crap, your brain is going to feel it. Your, your body's going to feel it. So what, hap what happens to the brain when, the, when you're eating a bagel or an ice cream cone or whatever it is, and it goes into your gut? Does it send signals to your brain and then it starts to, uh, you know, what does that do? Is it inflaming in that moment? Does it take time to inflame something? Yeah. So, so there's a whole cascade of things that happens when you eat mostly the starch and sugar that's 60% of our diet, right? It's ultra processed food. Mm -hmm. It's the main ingredients of corn and flour and sugar that are in everything. And, and what happens is you get this spike in blood sugar, which then creates a spike in insulin. At the same time, you get an immediate spike in cortisol and adrenaline. That's the first phase of response. Of course, it affects your liver and screws up your cholesterol and all that. But what happens next is even more concerning. It, it drives all the available fuel in your bloodstream from all the food you've eaten, sugar and starch and whatever bad fats, it drives it into your fat cells. And it's a one-way street into your fat cells called your adipocytes around your belly, those belly fat cells. Those fat cells, in turn, create a whole series of chemicals hundreds of chemicals, hormones, inflammatory marker, markers and messengers, neurotransmitters. It's, it's quite striking when you look at, they're not just like holding up your pants, it's fat there. It's like, it's actually doing stuff. And when you eat in that way, it drives hunger, it stores fat, it shuts down your metabolism and it slows, literally slows your metabolism. And even worse, it locks the fat cells so that fat can't get out. Oh. It's like a one-way turnstile, only get in. And then on top of that, it releases all these inflammatory messenger molecules. We call them adipocytokines that go to your brain and they create inflammation in the brain. So it's a kind of a downstream effect of a chronic eating this way. If you have one cookie or one bagel, it's not going to kill you, right? right? But if you're constantly eating this stuff, and we're talking about the average American eats a pound, almost, of flour and sugar a day. Wow. A pound. 
like 152 pounds of sugar and 133 pounds of flour. You add that up and it's, and I know I'm not that eating that much and you aren't. So a lot of people are making up for the difference. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so food affects your mood for sure. Yeah. And not, not even that, it's not even just, uh, you know, what, what, it was striking. And I, I don't know if you had David Plummer on the show, but he wrote a book called Brainwash. And it's, it's, it really speaks to what happens to the brain when you don't eat real whole foods and you eat too much of this uh, American diet that we're, we're all eating. It disconnects the frontal lobe from the amygdala. Now, what does that mean in English? The frontal lobe is the grown-up. It's the adult in the room. It's like, it's like you think you're going to punch that guy, but you go, I better not punch that guy, right? Right, <laughs> like right, it's right. That, it's, that, it's that adult in the room that sort of is your higher self. And the amygdala is your reptile brain. It's your lizard brain. It's going to just run or fight or flee. Uh-huh. And, it's, and, and what happens is literally physiologically, these parts of the brain are connected. But when you eat crap, they get disconnected. And so you're constantly reacting from your amygdala with no grown-up in the room, which is why we see this level of divisiveness and hatred. And I mean, just all the upheaval we're seeing in society now, I think a large part of that has to do with uh, our brains being constantly triggered by this reptilian uh, insult that is driving uh, behavior change. And when we look at, at, and we look at the fact of, of other data to support, it's not just a theory. In prisons, if you give prisoners healthy food, swapping out all the crap they eat in prisons, which is pretty darn bad. There's a 56% reduction in violent crime in the prisons. If you add a multivitamin, it's an 80% reduction. Come on. If you look at kids, and this is in juvenile detention centers, they've done clinical trials, because he's got these people locked up. So you've got, it's a really great kind of study. Now, these kind of studies are hard to do because mostly we're free, we call them free living humans who don't really behave and they'll do whatever they want. They don't follow the study protocol. When you're locked up, you get what you get, right? (laughs) And so they took these kids. The environment's the same for everyone. Yeah, all that stuff. That's right. And they took these kids and they, and they, uh, these were kids who were disruptive, violent, aggressive, oppositional, suicidal. It was by cleaning up their diet and giving them whole foods, there was a 91% reduction in all violent behavior. You know, oppositional behavior, need for restraints went down. Suicide went down 100%. I mean, it's the third leading cause of death in that age group. It went down 100%. No, no wow. suicides. And so you see this incredible data that comes from understanding nutritional psychiatry. And you go, wait a minute, maybe some of our messed up society has to do with not only the problems with obesity, and the problems of chronic disease and the fact that COVID is, is uh, landed on a perfect, you know, uh, laboratory for spreading in America because we're all so unhealthy and our immune systems are so sick because of our diet. But it's also led to this incredible disruption of our brain and, and our, and our um, mood and our behavior, which we're seeing at rampant in society today. What would you say are the three foods we should all stay away from in order to increase the happiness of our mental health. Oh, that's not hard. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, you know, I, in, in my book, The Pegan Diet, it's called 21 Practical Principles for uh, Reclaiming Your Health in a Nutritionally Confusing World. <laughs> and, and it's really practical. And there's a bunch of steps at the end. But, but I think, you know, the, the, the real dangers are, one, um, high fructose corn syrup. Because anything with high fructose corn syrup almost by definition, is a highly processed food mm. that comes with all kinds of other bad crap. So if you're reading labels, like if you just can eliminate that, that would be like number one. Number, number two one. would be trans fats, hydrogenated fats, which... What is that? What's, really, what's that in? What foods is that in? Is that processed packaged foods? What, is hi- that, hydrogenated fats? Is or that fried food? Fr- is that French fries? Yeah. So hi- hydrogenated fats have literally been, have been banned 
by the FDA essentially ruled not safe to eat, but they're still out there, okay? There's, you can still find them. It's less, but it's, and they used to be really, that's, it makes Crisco shortening. So anything that comes with a baked good mm. or any, any processed food. Uh, and the third thing would be, you know, you should only eat foods with ingredients that you would have in your cupboard can pronounce and recognize. In other mm. words, would you have butylated hydroxytoluene in your cupboard that you sprinkle on your salad, you know? <laughs> no. Which is also known as BHT. It's a preservative that's been linked to cancer. It's banned in Europe. We have it in everything here. You know, so if you wouldn't have, you know, azodicarbonamide in your cupboard that you would use in your stir fries, you probably shouldn't eat it. And yet this is in so much of our foods. In fact, uh, in, in America, it's legal. This is a, an ingredient used in breads to make them fluffier. Mm-hmm. Subway used it in their Subway sandwiches. Did they have to take it out? Did Varga get it taken out? Yeah, yeah. So our friend, our friend shamed them into taking it out. But it's still legal here. It's not illegal. They just, she just shamed them publicly by trying to eat her yoga mat in front of the yeah. Subway and got them. But in, in Singapore, for example, if you're a food manufacturer and you use this ingredient in your food, you get a 15-year jail sentence and a $450,000 no, fine. No, you do not. <laughs> yes, you do. That's I crazy. swear to God. And in Europe, a lot of these chemicals are banned. So, so basically, just eat real food. So get rid of all those three things that would make you likely to end up in trouble. And then, you know, there's another hierarchy of how do you even upgrade the quality. But the whole principle of the vegan diet, food is medicine and quality matters. And then it's not just calories, it's, it's information. And it literally can upgrade or downgrade your biology with every bite. And so when you're putting something in your mouth, you're you're literally speaking to your genes. You're speaking to your hormones, your brain chemistry, your immune system, your microbiome, your mitochondria. Everything is controlled by what we're eating. So the book is really focused on two key principles. One is food is medicine. And the other is personalized nutrition and medicine. Because, you know, I call it the vegan diet as a joke between paleo and keto, right? Sure. You know, and, I, and I, had a, I was sitting on a panel with a friend of mine who was a vegan cardiologist, and another one was a paleo doc, and they were just fighting. And I was in the middle, and I felt like a ping pong ball going back and forth. <laughs> and I was sort of, I was like trying to break the, break the tension a little bit. And I said, hey, if you're a paleo and you're vegan, I must be vegan. And it was kind of a joke, and everybody laughed. And I was like, oh, wow, that was good. And then I thought about it on the way home. And basically, they're identical except for where you get your protein, animals mm-hmm. or grains and beans. They both agree that we should eat whole foods. They both agree we should eat lots of vegetables and nuts and seeds and good fats and get rid of processed foods and low sugar. And even agree that we should not be eating dairy, which is a whole controversial subject, but they're pretty identical. Sure. And so the goal, the goal of this book is not to create a dogma, but to create a big 10 inclusive framework for people to think about food in a different way. So what are the principles of eat healthy eating that are adaptable to different cultures, different preferences, different belief systems? And I think, you know, I always encourage people to listen to their body, not to dogma. You know, a lot of our nutrition advice is based on, oh, be keto or be paleo or be vegan or be this or be that, be raw. And the truth is, it's, it depends on you. If you are, if I do keto, my body doesn't respond great. I mean, I, I do higher fat, but, mm-hmm. but it, Right. But another person who's a diabetic, they might do great on it. Right. You know, one person on a vegan diet like Rich Roll may be able to run triathlons. I mean, you know, just incredible Ironman stunts of, of heroic effort. But he may be a unicorn or maybe he's, he's figured out how to do it. And another patients of mine see are extremely ill after years of being a vegan because of their nutrition depleted or they don't have protein or their body. Their body doesn't like it. I just had a patient, for example, this week who was a young woman, 26 years old, who's been a vegetarian vegan. She was basically a vegetable and sugar vegan. And <laughs> she didn't even like to... So she would eat sugar as well. 
Sugar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people who are vegan eat sugar because it, it's it, the body starts to crave the carbohydrates yes. and sugar. So it's it's not uncommon. And and so she wasn't overweight at all, but metabolically she was super unhealthy. She had you know acne and she had, her gut was a mess and she had very low protein, like very very low amino acids. She had very low vitamin D, extremely low B12, very mm. low iodine, very low zinc. I mean, and and uh, you know she, she was extremely unwell. And, and her diet was just so uh, not fit for her. Mm-hmm. So we've had, we had to sort of upregulate it and change it a little bit. I had to get her on some different protein shakes, which she needed. I had to upregulate her vitamins. I had to sort of get her off the sugar. I mean, it, it, but I think, you know, it, it takes a lot of work. So the key is how do you personalize the diet and get away from the uh, basically religious nutrition that we... <laughs> <laughs> Which is either all, all vegan, vegetarian, keto, right. or carnivore. Right. There's all these extreme diets, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And 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 again, I always encourage people to listen to the smartest doctor in the room, which is their own body. Yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you feel? Uh, do you feel great? Do you feel bad? How's your stomach? How's your head? How you're clear? Are you have energy? Are you I mean what what is happening to you? So I think it's important to understand that 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 um you know, we are all different and that the future of medicine is personalized medicine. There's a whole section here on personalized nutrition and how do you identify your particular needs by various kinds of testing, whether it's genetic testing, whether it's metabolic testing, food sensitivity testing, and how do you actually figure out how to dial in your perfect diet? Everyone's kind of swearing by their way is the way, uh, but it seems so extreme in my mind, you know, and and I I empathize with vegans and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hurt animals either. And, you know, but then I've tried it for a while, and I'm also like, gosh, but I miss meat. And it's like, yeah, yeah. what is the way? And what I'm hearing you say is that there is not one size fits all. You have to really figure out what works for you. You talk about uh, brain foods, specific foods that we should be stocking our, our kitchen with. Um, can you share what some of these brain foods are? You have an acronym for them. I'm not sure if you have them all memorized, but... So I'll, I'll start. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a few to get you started. So a use the brain foods uh, acronym to really almost have be a checklist for people. Okay. I like people to take a photograph of it, mm-hmm. or read it, or list it in their phone, so that when they're at the supermarket, they're picking out those nutrients. Right. So you know, B is my favorite berries, um, and my favorite berry is blueberry. Okay. Now they're rich in anthocyanins. They're rich in fiber. Um, they are colorful. And that brings me to the R. One of the R's is for eat the color of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. And this, these are sort of things, Lewis said, many people overlook. Their doctors have said it or they've heard it or read it. But what we're uncovering in the science is that the color of the rainbow, the, the colors of vegetables, the phytonutrients mm-hmm. in those interact with the gut microbes. These are powerful antioxidants powerful anti-inflammatory substances which impact things like depression, anxiety, and more. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer just eat a colorful salad. There's actual good evidence as to why we should be be eating it. And does it matter if it's cooked or uncooked? You know, the the science on that varies, but my my feeling about it is the following. When you have um, raw veggies, they have, you know, their microbiome intact, they are providing those bacteria, they're giving you good nutrients. So I like to I like to play I like like people to do the following have some say when they're preparing their vegetables for a roasted veggie dish you know keep some chopped veggies that you munch on mm-hmm. and then roast the rest or you know whatever you what baking the rest whatever right. and so you're having a little bit of a combination of both some raw some cooked some cooked but in things like say um, spinach 
you know, steaming the spinach can actually help lower the oxalate levels. So some of it is more specific. Okay, gotcha. Now here's a, there's a, I've heard a topic about fruits yeah. that some people say have as much as you want. Others say the less fruit, the better. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh-generation. Find seventh-generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. Um, or do it in seasonal times or things like that. Yeah, have you seen anything where if people are only eating fruit that it helps or hurts them psychologically? Or can you never have too much fruit in moderation, I guess? So I think when it comes to psychological health, one of the, the biggest things is how mental health and metabolic health are not connected. And what I mean by that is I talk about berries because they have a low glycemic index. Mm -hmm. So they have a powerful positive impact Yes. Eaten in moderation, so I'm not. I don't mean right. four cups of blueberries a day, right. um, but I do mean about a half a cup at least is one of your servings of fruit in a day. Mm. The issue with fruit is that the higher glycemic fruits, say the more tropical fruits, mm. you know, mangoes and pineapples, those are actually less healthy for those with mental health because many individuals with mental health are, might have a struggle with weight and sometimes with metabolic health. Interesting. And so if you have a lot of these high glycemic fruits, they, they store could, more fat. They, they could increase your weight. They could right. potentially increase your weight. Which so, could make you psychologically say, oh, I'm overweight or not confident in yourself. That as well as your metabolic health because uh, it could impact your insulin resistance, your insulin sensitivity, interesting. Um, your glucose load. So because in my clinical practice, I often see people who are struggling with their weight. And I don't mean low weight, I mean struggling with a little bit of extra weight. Right. Or they're taking medications like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Zoloft, Prozac, to name a few. One of the side effects is weight gain. Mm. Not everyone develops it, but many people do. Um, psychotropic medications, others, antipsychotics, also have a problem. They impact metabolic health and glycemic control, and they impact weight. Mm. So you've as a psychiatrist, you really have to be tuned into that to realize if you're going to save fruit, qualify better fruit for that individual to eat. Because a person could eat two bananas a day and that could totally increase their weight. Are bananas on their own unhealthy? No. To an average you know, person of normal weight who's exercising and leading a healthy lifestyle, perfectly fine to eat a banana. Mm -hmm. But to that individual, it may not be the best solution. So it's, mm. that, it's that caveat with it's mental normal. health that's important. So what's the best fruit to eat if you're trying to lose weight? So the best so the, the best answer to that is stick with a couple of servings of different berries. Okay. Um, stick with um, a, a lifestyle that is supporting your weight loss. Mm -hmm. 
um, which which goes from mindfulness all the way to hydration to good outdoor sleep, time yeah. to good sleep and all of that, right? Because it's not we know it's not just right, one right. one thing. Eliminating stresses in your life. Yeah. Exactly, stress yeah. is a huge driver of weight gain, mm. right? Because of the impact on cortisol. So I would say stick with, stick with a couple of different types of berries um, and smaller servings. And have those regularly because if the fiber, the phytonutrients from them are still going to help you. Yeah. So I would never say exclude fruit completely, right? Unless you know your your diabetologist has said, look, you need to do this in order to bring down your hemoglobin A1C. Then it's a different conversation. So when is fruit good for you then? Because if you're trying to lose weight, right. Right. I'm hearing it's not as good to have a lot of it. Not a lot in of moderation. It. Actually. To be honest, everything in moderation, right? Because right. Right? Every, every healthy food, you want to eat it in a portion controlled sort of way. Mm -hmm. Fruit is actually always good for you. It's, it's, okay. It provides nutrients, uh, macro and micronutrients, which are healthy for your body, right. healthy for your brain. So whether it's the vitamin C from kiwi, or you know whichever, or you know if you're having leafy greens, not a fruit, but if you're having folate from leafy greens, that's affecting you in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So fruit are always a good option, but that also comes from my food philosophy, which is I am diet agnostic and I don't demonize a food group. So if you come into me and say I'm vegan or carnivore, my role as a nutritional psychiatrist is to improve your mental well-being. You know, I will advise you how you can tweak your diet in a positive way. You know, may not agree with me, but mm. I'm going to offer you that guidance. Um, because what I find is, is that people fall into these eat this, not that mentality. Then they exclude entire food groups. Mm -hmm. Then they crave that food group. Then there's a rebound effect. And then they end up either gaining the weight or they end up being unhappy because they've started to consume a food that they previously gave right. up. It, it becomes a vicious shameful. cycle. They're like I said, they weren't going to eat something, then they go eat Regret. it for a month. Yeah. Depression, you know, feeling right. more anxious. Interesting. Um, and then almost unable to get back on that saddle of just eating a healthier diet, which I want people to, to eat, eat healthier foods as part of their lifestyle. So it's a natural, if they, whether they're traveling, whether they're walking through an airport or whether they're at home, they're just reaching for those healthier options right. or carrying it with them. And what about antioxidants? Why are these so powerful for mental health? So antioxidants have an extremely important um, impact through the gut microbiome, but also on the brain. You know, in the natural process of life, we, uh, we encounter different things that form these unhealthy substances in our body called radical oxygen species. If left, if left on their own, they can actually lead to cancer, heart disease, lots of, lots of bad things, mm -hmm. as well as... Um, you know, worsening our mental health. So what antioxidants do is they, they kind of, um, they interact with these radical oxygen species to almost neutralize them. And that's why they're so powerful. So right. that's why we should eat our antioxidants. Okay, and what, what foods are rich in antioxidants? Starting with berries. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're also spices. That's, that's something people huh. don't realize. There are spices that are rich in antioxidants like turmeric with a pinch of black pepper. Um, my, 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 um, Nutritional psychiatry no-brainers add a black, add a pinch of black pepper, because that makes the um, turmeric more bioavailable and bioactive mm, for your body. Mm -hmm. So, um, spices, many of them have rich antioxidants. So those are the spice cabinet is probably one of the ones you're not tapping into to add antioxidants as well as veggies. All these different colors mm -hmm. um, of of vegetables are you know different bell peppers, um, different different lettuces. Um, all of these, um, you know, whether the purple carotenoids from carrots have rich antioxidants because of their um, because of the, the nutrients in them. What about the um, the research that's been out about 
lectins and mm -hmm. nightshades. Mm -hmm. Certain lect is this something that you would avoid or limit, or is the science from your research not really saying there's an issue with nightshades and lectins? So, you know, part of it depends on the person. If they are working with a physician who's asked them to, and their condition, if they've been asked to mm. stay away from nightshades before, because of a certain condition and it's been working for them, I'm not there to say stop doing that and eat everything. Right. No. If it's working for them, absolutely. But many people come to me a little confused about where, you know, what, what foods include lectins and what they should avoid. But there are also some culinary techniques where you can get around mm -hmm. by food preparation, for example, if you like nuts. You know, there's a way Love to, nuts. you know, there's a way to get raw natural nuts, um, soak them in water overnight, rinse them out, and slow, um, it's not even roasting because it's such a low temperature, almost dry them out in the mm -hmm. oven at a very low temperature, and that circumvents some of the anti-nutrients in them. So there are always ways to think about mm. food and make it healthier or, or look at a cooking technique which could improve the nutri either the nutrient value or get around things like that. So hmm. I, I'd, I'd rather have that conversation than ask people to exclude things, right. not about other, people, other people's research, but more about my approach to how I feel I can help individuals in their mental well-being. Because, right. you know, this is not just for someone with depression or anxiety. A lot of people in the last few years have just been feeling a little off, you right. know. And I use that term loosely. It's a little bit anxious, not sleeping well, um, feeling blue, just mm -hmm. not, just feeling, um, there's a great article calling it languishing, you know, just not, not feeling um, good, just not feeling quite themselves. And so eating in a good way can help a lot of that without a prescription. Right. So. What would you say is the best cooking technique that you've learned yeah. to get the maximum result for optimal nutrition? Is it from the nuts? Is it from soaking something? Is it mm -hmm. from some other type of food where you've seen, okay, you, here's the original raw form, and by mm -hmm. applying this technique, it actually enhances it to really help your mental health, your mm -hmm. brain, that much more. Is there mm -hmm. a technique like that? I don't think there's one technique. Okay. Um, you know, I think that uh, I mentioned the I mentioned things like spinach and steaming it mm -hmm. or uh, applying gentle temperature. The nuts that's that's specific to a, a better way to enjoy the nuts. Some people don't have a problem with nuts, so they eat them and they feel okay. Right. Now the lectin research may refute that, but again, you pay attention to how you're feeling emotionally, how you're feeling physically, what your doctor's telling you, and you either continue or you you change direction a little. Um, with one, one, one thing I will say is that many people hear their doctor say, eat your vegetables, eat your greens, and they sort of, you know, they roll their eyes and they move on, they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Often it's that action step. One of the things I can say is just gently roasting vegetables in the oven mm -hmm. with delicious flavors, putting in colorful veggies, adding spices, even your kids will want to eat it, you know, because mm -hmm. it's interesting, it's different. Right. That, that I think um, is, is one of the things where you can really expand. And, you know, just little simple tricks, like you can do your roasted, colorful roasted vegetables with different spices for the flavor, plus you can do your protein on, whether you're plant-based or you eat tofu, whether mm -hmm. you're chicken, you can do it on the same sheet pan, and that makes it super easy for someone to prepare, prepare dinner. Right. The next thing you say is include lean proteins and plant-based proteins. Mm -hmm. uh, from the science, you say you don't, you don't eliminate any diet or any food groups. I try, I try my best not to, yeah. There are so many people that try to say, like, eat only meat and this is the way to go. Right. And other people that say, be vegan, this is the way to right. go. Right. 
is there science proving which foods are better? Like uh, lean proteins that are plant-based versus animal proteins? Mm -hmm. So in, I will say that, you know, in nutrition science, they're usually things I can quote. And they're probably mm. in the same day or same week or same year, at least three other articles which will refute that. Because really? that tends to be the spirit of nutrition science. Mm -hmm. You know, omega-3s I've seen clinically um, help my patients time and, and time and time again. Whether, usually I like them to use food sources first, but some people prefer supplement yeah. or they do. And I've seen the improvements. Yet there, are, there, there is research to say they're terrible, that you, know, you shouldn't use them, that kind of stuff. So I say this with an open mind, understanding that. Um, so I feel, you know, that the camps who, and they are sort of camps, right, because they tend to be very polarized. Either only eat this and mm -hmm. they, the individuals, say, who are plant-based will say, well, there's this studies to, um, you know, name a substance uh, that is negative for your health because it is from meat. Mm -hmm. And then there are, you know, people, individual, individuals who eat meat who will say, but, you know, you don't get enough from just the plant. So right. there's always this polarization. And here's what I feel about it. I think that the more we continue to have these camps, the more confused we are going to continue to be as a country and the mm -hmm. worse our nutrition is going to get. Right. Because most people... That's not most people. A lot of people know the sad diet and right. are consuming that. So anything we can move from that to a healthier version of that food, understanding what healthy whole foods are, is better for us. I think it's much more about that for more people than camps. I'll eat this and not that. And, and I have difficulty with those because I feel that science can support both sides of the argument. Mm -hmm. I know. You can always and find evidence for each side. You can always find side. evidence for both sides. And, and, and something against the other side, probably, e right? Exactly. And say, well, gee, you know, you're missing this nutrient because you're plant-based, or you're missing that nutrient because you're um, eating or consuming more meat. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's where most people in the public get confused. Um, and they come in and, and say to me, should I exclude this entire food group? Should I give up whole grain? Should I never eat a slice of this or that? And, and I think that perpetuating that is not good for us as right. a country. But if we can find a sensible way forward to, for, for the most, so not the people in different camps, but those who just want to eat healthier, want mm -hmm. to feel emotionally better, and we, most of us need to right now with all that's going on, um, I think it's a healthier way forward and right. and more sustainable. Yeah. Hmm. I'm curious about um, nuts. You mentioned nuts for a second. This is actually the next thing on the, the brain foods and nuts. I'm a big fan of nuts, but can you overdo it? I don't drink milk anymore, but I have the milk substitutions like yeah. almond milk and things yeah. like that. So if you're having the physical nuts and then you're having almond milk and then almond butter, is there too much of that? So there's always, even a healthy food, we, we can overdo even a healthy food. So practicing, I'm not so much of a calorie counter as mm -hmm. much as I am the source of food okay. and the quality of food and then paying attention to portions. So I mentioned blueberries and I said, you know, that doesn't mean three cups of blueberries a day because unfortunately then the, lo the load of the amount of sugar from that is not good for you. Interesting. Even though 
berries are healthy and they have lots of nutrients in them. So same, similarly with nuts. You want smaller servings and you want different types of nuts. My favorites are macadamia and hazelnuts. Mm. Um, I uh, eat them in, in smaller portions. Um, I, you know, for, for, for someone who um, is, likes nuts and they're going to consume that portion of nuts in a day, you may want to switch to something like hemp milk, which, by the way, you can make in like two, literally make in two easy steps. Mm. And hemp milk has the advantage of having short chain omega 3s in it because it's rich in ALA. Mm. So there's a good solution for. So if you're going to have nuts, yeah. you don't also have almond milk. And nut butters and everything in the same day, in that same 24 hour period. Have hemp milk instead if have you're going to use milk. Have hemp milk instead. Yeah. You know, have, have your nut butter, but, you know, nut and seed butter because you're getting the. You're getting other seeds and, and the value of that. Uh -huh. And just don't have a ton of it. You know, so everything in moderation. If you if you do eat more of it, then maybe have that the next day. You know, and mm -hmm. balance it up that way. It's, it's similar to avocados. Um, you'll have, you know, delicious avocados in California. The truth is, you know, a, a good serving in a day is about a quarter of a medium avocado to get the benefit of the healthy fats. Really? A quarter of a medium about of an avocado? Medium, medium to large avocado. So not a whole yeah. avocado. No, it, it becomes, what happens is it gets calorie dense at that point. And so, you know, it's balancing that up. Now, if you ate that for breakfast, that's okay. My, my policy around that is, you know, just cross correct at the next meal or the next day because you understand something a little bit better. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself, what would kids do? Let childhood rule your family vacation. Start planning your trip to the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com.